Hello and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. As always, I'm Stephanie and today I'm with my mom. Hello! <laughs> How's everybody today? Well, hopefully they're good. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope so. It's freaking freezing out there. It's cold out and we have not been good this way. We're moving. You just slammed your head yes last week. You mm-hmm. fell and hit her, she hit her head. Still two weeks out and I've got a headache. Yeah, she called me bleeding everywhere. Yeah, it was the best. <laughs> the last person I wanted to call. She's not good at emergencies. Not with blood, no. No. No, no, no. And I was stoned. So that <laughs> Here's some paper towels. Put it on it. I'll call me in the morning. <laughs> uh, that's not what I did, people. <laughs> I did help her. So before we get to this episode, I want to do a little trigger warning. This case involves a lot of mental health issues, suicide, and murder. Obviously, it's a true thing. It's got to have something in it or else yeah. we wouldn't be talking about it. But with this case, mental issues are the key factor in everything. So I want to throw that out there. Mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Uh, one of the hosts of the last podcast on the left, he has bipolar disorder. Yep. And he's he always says that. He's yeah, like, well, it's, dedication. It's, it's, exactly. And a lot of times, because we know about the medical, well, mental illness, we do have it in our family. Well, I have anxiety. I get depression. I mean, if I don't take care of it, I'd be laying in bed. Yeah. Well, that's it. Especially. You got to get up and moving. With everything going on. Yeah. But if you have other people like that really don't. like That don't take care of it, then. Yeah. You have a story like this. <laughs> well, that, and they don't take care of it because they think they're fine, and they come off the medication, and they start acting crazy again. It takes them forever to get back on it. We've had this cycle 101 times. Yes, so mental health is not your fault, but if you're going to know you it is your responsibility. Be, exactly. You have to do something about it, people. Yes. Keep on the medication. It's just like, any, it's just like if you break your arm. You're not going to... It's not, not going to fix itself. Exactly. Exactly. You have to heal it. So, in this case, we were talking about if, so, in the case we were talking about, if either of the people of the story did get help with what they needed to, I don't think we would be talking about it. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Mm Mm-hmm. The sources for this episode are an episode of Handsome Devils called Hurricane Love. It's season one, episode two. Also, Ranker.com, Medium.com, PlantedInTrueCrime.com, and there's also a book called uh, shake the devil off. That's so sad. So you and mental illness sucks. It is, mm-hmm. especially when it involves murder. Mm-hmm. Have you? You said you didn't look into no, it. No, I went to try to do it, but you can't it do right it while you're here. sitting here. <laughs> no, no. All right. So I uh, tried in my truck on the way over, but one minute doesn't. Yeah, count. <laughs> thirty feet. <laughs> so well, when we move, then you can do it. Uh, I know. Not looking forward to it. Well, it's it's gonna be quick, and then we will be able to. Uh, we're we're talking about we should just buy land and put a, like a little tiny home on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that has yep. twenty nine acres right there. I don't know how much they want for it though. Where Cox's Pond? Yeah. Uh it's unbuildable lot. It's unbuildable. Yep. You're talking about the one where they come in and out of Cox's yeah. Pond. Yeah. I looked it up. One hundred twenty nine thousand. And you can't build on it. Nope. I wonder if you could put a tiny home on it, though. Like no, an RV? Uh, yeah, because it's not a home. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think a tiny home does have plumbing and stuff like right, that. Right, right. I don't know. 
So our, anywho. Yeah, right. <laughs> our case today is about the murder of Addie Hall. And uh, the case is way more complicated than just a murder, so we can get right into it. All righty. Addie Hall. Adrian Mathis Addie Hall was born January 15, 1976 in North Carolina. According to all of Addie's friends, she was a free spirit, a seamstress, a poet, and a dancer. Before I go too far, every other like podcast I've heard about this focuses solely on him. On him and not what yeah. she did. It's more based on him, which is weird. Well, usually somebody... Spoiler alert, she's the victim. <laughs> obviously. But usually somebody that is with somebody with mental illness, they are probably a very nurturing person and wants she, to fix things. She has mental illness, too. Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of like... Out a, of the water. Yeah, so spoiler <laughs> alert again. But <laughs> Two it's, crazies. It seems like a lot of the ones I listen to, this his focus is on him. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, you don't get her story. Right. Right, and it's kind of sad. It is. Mm-hmm. In uh, 20, uh, 20, 2002, um, after traveling around the country, she dropped out of high school and traveled around. She made New Orleans her home. Is it, I mean, have you been to New Orleans? No, but I hear it's pretty dirty. No, it's great. I is loved it. it. Yeah. It? it's But nothing to put roots down. Yeah. <clears throat> somebody like her, free spirit, somebody like a poet. Yeah. Like I feel like artsy people yep, fit in really there. well. Oh, certain, colorful. Yeah, certain spots aren't great. Like where we were, we were right next to Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street's fine. Yeah. But if you go you on know, the other sh- side, street over to where we were, we saw a guy all fucked up. His pants were literally at his ankles and Ugh. he was like just standing there. Ugh. Homeless people all there. But then the, the French Quarter and like there's certain parts. I mean, it's like right. It's just like city. any any city. You're going to have the crappy. But it's crappy just crappy with the good. The old timey like. The old style houses and the cemetery. It's beautiful. It's oh, just, I bet. I have, that's one place I haven't visited. And maybe. that's on my bucket list. Yeah. Along with Tennessee. You just be careful. <laughs> well, yeah. Like we, I, I watched too many crime shows. I mean, I watched our first 48 where somebody just. Uh, sh- Disappeared? No, we're shooting bullets down Bourbon Street. Oh my God. And we obviously went pre-COVID. So. It was Everything packed. was out, yeah. It was packed. Yeah. I mean, walking, it's like... That was, what, six years? Uh, no, uh, 2018. So, right, years. yeah, right before COVID. Oh, yeah. Ugh. We went for a wedding. It, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Unfortunately, they're getting divorced already. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother? Just take the money and pocket it. Yeah. But <laughs> it was beautiful. They had a brass band. At the wedding. Oh, that's pretty well, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it was it it's was like walking fun. funerals. Oh my god, those are so cool. That I thought I think they are too. That, I mean that's because, a celebration. That's where you get the celebration of life. The funerals are for the people. It's not it's not for your family, it's not for you. So if you die, the funeral's for your family. Yeah. So that's kinda like Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I was watching something and they had um an a horse drawn carriage. Yeah. Where the, the thing was in, like all glass. Oh, where the casket was? Yeah. Yep. Like, I yep. love that. Well, that's what they, because they can't bury them, so they put them in tombs. Yeah, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Katrina, I remember, we talk about Katrina, because this is, it happens around there. Around that time. Where bodies were. Popping up. Yeah. Yep. They had to figure out whether they had already been buried. Oh, shit, right. Or whether they're new. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage has a, a big, huge thing at one of the cemeteries there. For himself? Yes. Oh, my God. It's like a monstrosity. 
Is he because he? He's a weirdo. Born there? No. <clears throat> he's like like into that gooey gooey stuff. As long as it's not Scientology, we're good. Oh my god. Uh-huh. I, can't, uh-huh. I can't with that shit. Uh-huh. So once there, she was able to make friends quickly. Addie worked multiple jobs to make ends meet. Now, although Addie was a fun-loving free spirit, that doesn't mean uh, this was all the time. Like, not everybody's happy all the time. No, I mean, that's that's a normal. Addie had a bit of a dark side and is said that she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. If you have something like that, you have to be kind of up on your medicine. Yep. Like I said at the top of the episode, mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Right. She wasn't very responsible, though, when it came to her mental health. She was? Not. Not. No. Well, what is it? Because they can't afford the medication? Um, She liked to drink and do drugs. True. So that... It's true. Drugs is a big part of... uh, Yeah, drinking and... uh, I think they liked Coke and stuff. Right, right. So that that doesn't That will mess with your your chemical balance. That's what what happens because in our case, psychosis was not hereditary. It wasn't in the genes. But when you start dabbling in a chemical that is going to screw with your chemical balance in your body... You're going to end with some sort of psychotic or, yeah. you know, schizophrenic. With or, him, I wonder if being gay was a big part of it, being, like, picked on and meant the... Sure, sure. The it mental. doesn't help. I mean, I know you... He, you. I watch a lot of the, you know, the drag shows and stuff, and the older queens will talk about growing up, getting oh. kicked out of their family, being bullied. Yep. And a lot of them did go to drugs to, mm-hmm. to help. Yeah, ease the pain. Exactly. Not being accepted for who you are is kind of really sad. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with, kind of. Uh, I mean, I think kids are more apt to be able to deal with it now. Of course. Not it's, when not when Uncle Jimmy was growing up, that's oh, no. for sure. That's what me that and Nathan like, have had conversations where it's like, would you want to be, like, if gay was a choice as some... Would you want to be? Yeah, People like in the forties and the twenties. Yeah, like the, no, they didn't want to be. Yeah, they didn't want to be. In uh, what is it, Uganda? You can go to jail for life. There's some places that will kill you. Right. Yes. Yeah, so right. It's not, if it was a choice, these people wouldn't choose to. Be. No, choose. I want to walk the line of death. Exactly. So sad. We were watching an episode the other day. It was like the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race, so early, yeah. early in the two thousands. And one of the queens says, like, when I would get dressed in drag, I'd make sure my underwear matched my shirt so if i was found dead at least i looked nice <sighs> so that's, sad that's, but that's, that's what every mother yeah, teaches was, their kid <laughs> if i was found in a ditch at least they know it was me yeah that's, my underwear is matching my t-shirt yeah tammy brown is a funny <laughs> so <clears throat> she wasn't like i said very responsible she would drinking would turn her into a different person when she drank heavily she'd become moody confrontational and abusive to the people around her this only started getting worse when she started spending time with drug dealers and in turn started doing drugs. So, well, she's just like any addict. Yeah, drugs Grumpy. and drinking are never good for someone with bipolar disorder. It's, it's just alter- not good with anybody. <laughs> it alters your brain. Yes, the chemical. Exactly. A friend of Addie uh, named Margaret Sanchez said that Addie had let her know that as a child, Addie was sexually abused and she never told anyone or gotten any help with it. Side note about Margaret Sanchez. In June of 2012, Margaret and her boyfriend Terry Speaks murdered and dismembered Yaren, Jaren Lockhart. Lockhart died on June 6, 2012, after agreeing to leave her Bourbon Street job in the early morning hours with Sanchez and Terry. 
the trio went to the home of Kenner, where Speaks and Sanchez killed Lockhart and dismembered her body. Speaks and Sanchez then drove to Mississippi and discarded the remains. So that's wild, because during the investigation and documentary about the case, Margaret talks. She's Uh, in the documentary. Oh, my God. Talking about how this guy dismembered and all this other shit, and she was the one doing it? No, she did it later. Yeah. A while later, but... Yeah. Yeah. During that one. So... Uh, she ta- it intrigued her, obviously. Yeah, she talks about the case and what Zach did to her best friend, and then a few la- years later, she did the same thing. Ugh. Isn't that wild? That is sick. So I'm not a psychologist, but I'm going to pretend to be. <laughs> 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 Nobody pays me for this. A theory. <laughs> yeah. It seems like Addie was drawn to shitty men that abused her just like she was abused as a child. So, you know, like... You, you go for abused, what you know. Yeah, you're abused, you go for people that abuse you. Right. Well, that's all you know. Exactly. I know that happens a lot of cases with like mm-hmm. you're drawn to an you're drawn you're drawn to an abusive partner, and you, like when you have always been abused, you don't feel like you deserve real love. And I think that was the case with her. Oh yeah, she was born like drawn to people that abuse her. Yep. Yep. You so see, sad. You see that a lot. So it's not a nurturer. It's one who likes to be abused, abused and doesn't know that there's other ways to love somebody. Yep. Addie would ride her bike around the quarter and work at the Spotted Cat. She called herself a quarter, quarteration, who is someone who belonged in and was part of the French Quarter. So it was like a... She wants to belong. She does. She, yeah. she rode a little bicycle around. <laughs> While bartending at the Hogs Bar in 2005, Addie would meet the person who would, spoiler alert, end her life. And his in the process. <sighs> Zachary Bowen was a California native who was described as shy but a joker and loved to listen to metal music. So growing up, he moved around a lot. They finally landed in California and then... Shy but listens to loud, head-rocking music? Yeah. Like, reminds me kind of like Nikki. Yeah. Oh, she wasn't shy. No, she's not shy. (laughs) She she may have acted. So Zach's dad wasn't really a fathering type. So when his parents divorced, Zach went lived with his mom. And probably didn't see his father much. No. He didn't have the best time in high school. He decided to drop out and go spend some time with his dad traveling around the country going to quote-unquote party places. Oh, no. Yep. One of the places they stopped was New Orleans. Zach fell in love with it and ended up staying there. At what age? 16? 17. 17? Yeah. His dad and him got an apartment and Zach tried to finish out his high school career there. Although that didn't work either and he ended up dropping out again and started working on Bourbon Street. So, <clears throat> since you've never been Bourbon Street, you can walk around with booze. Um, yeah. Well, kind of like the keys. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So, people will hang out of the, their windows aren't glass. They have, right. like, the so shutters. People, yeah. Well, people will hang out the windows of the bar and, like, try to sell you to-go cups, which are these huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what his job was. He'd hang out because he's a good looking guy. Right. He'd hang out and try to and sell, sell to-go cup. cups. Well, you, you, you got to pay to fill it. Yeah. But then, right. Yeah. Right. They have it to go. Yeah, so that's what he did. Um, Bourbon, that's a, a lot of what it is, like these huge drink cups. Yep. And they fill in yep. like hurricanes and stuff like that. Yep. And I actually saw, well, I've seen them in West Palm Beach. But so, yeah, it basically probably the same idea where Bourbon yeah, Street is just, all it's all bars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, walking around half naked. It's like, yeah, this is cool. I, uh, <laughs> we were there, we saw kids, like their parents were off to the side with these kids. They had like, outfits on but then they would bend down yeah they have, oh the yeah. trucks yeah they turn yes. into little transformers that's and pretty pe- cool there's people they yeah you throw money yep the parents <laughs> collect it kids playing drums there's like 
robot guys dressed in silver. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's Daniel Hall. It's kind of like yeah, everything. <laughs> but yeah, I have a picture million. of some lady with me. But of course, if you want a picture with anybody, you have to pay a ten dollar. Yep, pretty $10. much. So this is where Zach met twenty year eight year old Lana Lana Shupak. Lana, so he's still seventeen. Yes. Okay. Lana was a dancer from Dallas, Texas, who was in New Orleans for a vacation. As in dancer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Lana Perfect met, spot, Louisiana. Yeah. Lana met Zach the very first night she was there. And when she went back to Texas, they kept talking and pursuing a relationship. The only thing was, Zach never told Lana how old he was. Oh, okay. She assumed he was older since he was working in a bar. Okay. Right. Get away with it. Uh, Lana didn't. Well, he's not serving alcohol. He's just selling the cups. Right. So, right. I mean, but Think if about somebody it. didn't. She's that yeah. stupid. Lana didn't find out about Zach's age until it was too late and she was pregnant. Oh. At 18 years old, I don't think Zach was really ready for a kid, but he stuck <sighs> it out. And the moment he met his son, he was all in. And that seems like a guy thing to do. Oh, He's yeah. unsure about having a kid. And then, and then all of a sudden, they have the kid. Right yeah. there. And then they're yeah. good with it. Yeah. Except for the women who has to be pregnant for 10 months. And uh, yeah. 10 months and hold that shit. Stitches. Yep. And everything. Kissing your pants. <laughs> when the kid comes out, you're like, okay. <laughs> now what do we do if it's not yours? <laughs> uh, he did he the best he could to be a good father. He had multiple jobs. Uh, in October 1998, Lana and Zach got married. A few weeks before the wedding, they found out they were expecting their second child. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Zach got his Figure G- it out, people. GED shortly after 1999, and oh, then he enlisted in the up. Army. Okay. All so right. Well, he's making do. He thought, like, I'll go to the uh-huh. Army, da-da. 1999, he went to the army. Yeah. You know, we all know what happens next. Saudi. No. Oh. September hmm. 11th. <laughs> all uh, his friends that he made while in the we're army. In de- weren't we in Desert Storm? Uh, I think that ended in 98, right? Maybe. I don't remember. I don't know. But anywho. Um, all his friends he made in the army described him as bright personality, respectful, love playing guitar, mixing drinks for his friends. And even after this whole story goes down, people that he had met in the army were like, don't say anything bad about him. <sighs> so if people are scared. No, it's just, um, well, you'll see at the end, but like both of them, but technically are victims. She's the victim, but right. It's a victim of circumstance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Why um, they, they were going to kill each other either. Somebody's going to get to each other. If, yeah. We all know what happened not long after he got to the army 9-11. So he was shipped overseas. Mm. It wasn't easy for him over there. I don't think it was easy for anyone in Iraq after 9-11. Uh, a dear friend of mine spent time over there. I think it was two to three tours. Ugh. You remember Jonathan? Mm-hmm. He ended up killing himself a few years. After? No, what is it? Set maybe 10 years now? Mm-hmm. Killed himself. He's struggling with severe PTSD. Being and around finally him. Getting, yeah. getting on the handle of it. We thought I thought so. But... He was, you know, being around him in public, you would never know. Right, right. And per- by when you're sitting with him, just you and him, you would tell about the stories and everything you dealt with. And it's just like, how how do you close your eyes? Because he, that was the thing. Close your eyes, you see. That's all you see. Your friend's getting killed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't know mm-hmm. how many people he lost, but couldn't take it anymore. It's so sad. Killing himself. And we, I think it's like, we saw too many. 22 soldiers die a year. Or no, a day. For suicide. suicide. Yeah. We had one right here. Yep. 
PTSD. It's in you add drinking to it, and every person I know drinking like that, to it more shit added on. Alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. Very sad. I can't deal with that shit. So Dumb the mil- suicide people. Military being in the military and seeing all this stuff is really hard. In his case, a close friend in his regiment, a girl, uh, got killed by a mortar or something like that. Uh, yeah. They all watched it. Mm. He also befriended a young child who would come and bring the soldiers snacks and sodas from his family's shop. Due to this, his family was killed with conversing with the Americans and uh, the shop was blown up. Sad. This ended up hurting Zach a lot because uh, it reminded him of his kids at home. Like, uh, little yeah. kid. Also, while he was serving, yeah. he was having problems with his boots, which caused him to be in extreme pain and caused him to get a case of hammer toe. Ouch. I don't know what that is. Oh, look at Papu's feet. He's got a hammer toe. Oh, I don't want it. I don't <laughs> like feet. I, w- I wasn't going to look it up at all because I don't like feet. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't Googling it. I don't want that on my phone. <laughs> so Zach started to purposely fail his fitness test so he could go home. Lana had been diagnosed with hepatitis C and wasn't well. He was discharged from the army but lost all his benefits. And two, oh, that's it. Zach, uh, Jackie has that too. No, Jackie's got a. Uh, uh, acid in the joints. What the hell oh. is that? Oh, uh, gout. Gout. There we go. Yep. So, uh, like I said, Lana had been diagnosed with hepatitis C and wasn't well. He was discharged from the army but lost all his benefits. So, the hepatitis C is just from unsanitary conditions. I don't know what that. How you get that? Hepatitis C. It's an infection. Is it? I learned. It's an infection. So yeah, his girlfriend it is treatable. It. Is it? Mm-hmm. So she was really sick. Yeah, you um, can die. In two thousand four, after they had moved back to New Orleans, Zach and Lana decided that they would divorce. Bye bye. After some time without a job, Zach, without a job, Zach ended up getting a job in two thousand five at Hogs Bar. This is where the beginning of the end begins. Now, wasn't that where he was before? Oh, that's where she was. Okay, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> got it. Got it. I knew I heard that name before. Uh, Zach and Addie worked different shifts, but Zach would stay after his shift to try and flirt with Addie. Oh. She wasn't having it. <laughs> oh. She would give him a hard time and be generally mean to him. Eventually, though, she began to warm up to him, and in July 2005, they began to date. Oh. Who's meaner? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. During the first month, Zach called his mom and told her that he had found a soulmate. Uh-oh. It was like a big honeymoon phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got to be, what, 21? So to, he was born... I forgot, I didn't tell you. Well, he was he was married at 18 and... 99, 98? 99, he went into the service. So 98, he was 18. 18. So almost 27-ish, okay. 26. Yep. Um, do 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 Although many of their friends would recall the fights they would have because Addie didn't take her medicine and they would get drunk and do drugs and have huge fights. Mm-hmm. About a month or so in the relationship, a Category 5 hurricane hit New Orleans dead on. Hurricane yeah. Katrina. Yep, here it comes. During the evacuation, Zach planned on going to stay with Lana and the kids. Lana even agreed that Addie would, could come too. Just, <sighs> she just wanted everybody to be safe. Right, right. When Zach went to get Addie from her apartment in the French Quarter, she told him she was going to stay and ride out the storm. Okay. 
not wanting to leave Addie alone, Zach decided to stay with her, and this is their, where their relationship would flourish. Oh, my God. Do you remember the hurricane? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I kind of do. I mean. There was, an, and now vaguely the story is coming to a. Do you think it, you remember? Yeah. Yeah, because they, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. The French Quarter didn't flood like most of the city. Due to the storm, all the phone lines were down, electricity, everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So they had no idea what was happening in other parts of the state or even the city. Mm-hmm. Over 18... Nobody left, people. Well, people did. No, well, I mean, nobody's left there. <laughs> yeah. Over 1,800 people ended up losing their lives. 800,000 houses were damaged or destroyed. <sighs> and over six, 60,000 people had to be rescued. Although most of the city was in ruins and people were falling apart, Zach and Addie were blissfully unaware. They were loving that camping out, rescuing stray cats. They were even like the bartenders <laughs> to the holdouts. Yes, yes. That's, would that's why it rings the bell. Cause... Yeah. They would mix drinks for people to, and trade for food and all of that. It is said that Addie would flash the cops to in order to assure that they would check on their street on a regular basis. <laughs> There even is a picture of them in the New York Times where they're sitting in chairs with a little bonfire in front of them. They're yeah. holding cats. Oh. They felt like royalty. They okay, would, crazies. Right? They would have a bonfire in the middle of the street to cook on. To them, it really felt like camping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lana, Zach's ex-wife, for a time, had thought that Zach had died because he didn't return any messages or get in contact with her at all. I'm sure everything is down and out. Yeah. Um, no when, service. When she was finally able to come back to New Orleans, she thought it was time that Zach start taking responsibility for his kids and pay child support and have the kids every other weekend. Now she's pissed. Probably. <laughs> Another thing that happened when things got back to normal was the National Guard came in to help with the effort. Mm-hmm. And this started to cause um, some real PTSD oh, for yeah. Zach. They're coming in to get you. Seeing the troops and the tanks, stuff mm-hmm. like that. He was having a hard time. Addie was also having a hard time because she couldn't get her medicine at all she didn't have any money there's, just there's no nothing way. open yeah nothing yeah. around go it's floating in the ocean pretty much Addie did not want anything to do with the kids either she didn't want to meet lana she didn't want to meet the kids Ugh. she didn't allow zach at her apartment with the kids so zach would rent a hotel for the time he would have them that's crazy right don't be in a relationship with somebody with kids if you can't if you take can't it. take it exactly bye-bye this is when things started to go downhill. Oh, yeah. So we're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll get into the downfall of the relationship between Zach and Addie and the untimely death of both of them. Bum, bum. By 2006, things have hit a low point. Addie's moods were getting worse, and Zach had and her kept breaking up and getting back together. During this time, Addie was arrested for pulling a gun on a man in the French Quarter. She was charged with aggravated assault with a firearm, possession of marijuana, and drug paraphernalia. <laughs> Another thing, Zach was also busted for pot while sitting on the front stoop of, Addie, stoop of Addie's apartment. According to the Stupid! Friend, right? Especially in a state that doesn't allow. Mm-hmm. They don't. I don't think so. Well, Plenty of this booze. is 2006. Yeah, yeah. According to friends, they were also doing a lot of coke. 
spending almost $400 a week on it. Addie got evicted from her apartment. And this is when, even though things weren't going well, Zach and Addie decided to get a place together. Because like a, most bad relationships, let's either have a kid or get an apartment. Oh, sure. Sure, we can beat the hell out of each other. Exactly. October 2006, Zach and Addie would rent an apartment at 826 Rampart Street. This apartment was located right above a voodoo temple. Okay. So a lot of people, there was like theories about them being above the voodoo temple is what caused all this. But voodoo is actually supposed it, to be good. Mm-hmm. Like there's obviously just bad like, stuff. And, but um, every voodoo bad stuff. More sp- spirituality and stuff like that. Right. It's good. Right. And the lady that was there was a nice lady. So <sighs> they thought that moving would help fix their falling apart relationship. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't last because after they signed the lease on October 5th, Addie went to the landlord, Leo Watermeyer, and told him that she wanted Zach's name off the lease because she found out he had cheated on her. Okay, crazy. Apparently, Zach had been seeing a real estate agent behind her back. The neighbor. This has never been confirmed, but this is the reasoning she wanted him out. Leo told Zach and Addie to work it out and get back to him. The next day, when Leo didn't see Addie, he assumed that it all worked out. It did not. (laughs) It worked out for somebody. Addie wasn't seen again at this point by anyone. Zach told friends and co-workers that Addie went back to North Carolina. For two weeks, it seemed as though Zach was living his life normally. He worked and party like normal, and he would... He normally would, but there were co-workers who said he seemed out of sorts after October 5th. He would wear dark sunglasses and be very quiet, which was not normal for Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. On the night of October 16th, 2006, he took the last of his money, $1,500, and decided to spend every last dime on it. According to Zach, he was spending his money on good booze, good drugs, and good strippers. That's what I thought. This is just what he did. Uh He did a lot of drugs. He went out to a lot of bars and got hammered. His last stop was at the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel, 7th floor bar. Hotel footage showed him... They're that tall? Seven seven feet? I mean, seven floors? Ours was really tall. Really? Yeah. Like, well, if if you're not on Bourbon Street, I think off of Bourbon Street, they're taller, but Bourbon Street, they're short. Yep, okay. Because of the old buildings. Yep. Um, He... Uh, the hotel footage showed him in his last moments. Like I said, he had a drink in his hand and he walked over the railing and looked over. And he would do that a few times, like pace back and forth. Yeah. And finally, at 8.30 p.m., he jumped to his desk and he landed oh, on the parking garage next to the hotel. Uh, I could, ooh, no. Yeah, no. That seems That's brutal. That's painful. That happened to somebody in Portsmouth. They jumped off the yeah. parking garage. Yeah, I heard that. That wasn't that long ago. Oh, what? Well, 10 years. Oh. Maybe. I thought it was more recent. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. To everyone working on the scene, this was a normal suicide until they looked in his pockets to find out who he was. In the plastic baggie, there were his dog tags and a note that on the front that said police only. Okay. Yes. The so note, suicide. Yeah. Well, yeah. But why Close. police? Right. It said police only. So the note read, quote, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. <sighs> If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, you'll find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, in the fridge, and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen, unquote. The police then followed the note and went to the apartment. The letter told them what they would find, but I don't think they were truly ready for it. No! (laughs) 
No. No. The yes. apartment <sighs> was freezing. It, ooh, you're Sorry. Right? <laughs> Sorry, people. Uh, they said it was a freezer. He had turned all the ACs on. So it was cold. Yeah, so she wouldn't rot. It wouldn't stink. Yeah. Uh, there was spray paint all over the walls. Uh, okay. On one wall, it said, call my wife, Lana. Okay. Shupert, or I forgot her last name. On another wall, it said, I'm a total failure. Uh, one said, I love her. Uh, another said, please stop the pain. Uh, on the oven, it said, don't look. And on another wall, it said, look in the oven. Uh, that poor guy. The apartment was trash. There were beer cans and moving boxes all over the place. When the police started looking closer, they found two pots on the stove. In the pot, the front burner was the head of Addie Hall. <laughs> you should see my mom's face right now. <laughs> oh, this is so gross. On the back burner in the in a pot were her hands and feet. <laughs> Inside of the oven were was a disposable turkey pan with her arms and legs. <sighs> yeah, which she's a little girl. Cooked, cook, cook, cook. Yeah. Oh my. There God. have been reports um, that he. Body parts were seasoned Ugh. and cooked like he was going to eat them. But <sighs> when they did an autopsy, there was no, no, no seasoning. N- well, no confirmed that he like, ate anything. Yeah, they didn't find any, anything in his system stomach that showed that he ate her. Oh, this is two weeks old, though, buddy. Come on. Yeah, but I don't, <sighs> That's so I don't gross. think he ate her. I just think the seasoning probably was to cover the smell. Maybe. That would be my thought. Like, Maybe, well, it's going to smell like you're burning. Not, for, yeah. You're logical. No. <laughs> also, <isn't. laughs> also in the fridge Addie's torso was in a black plastic trash bag <sighs> while going through the apartment they found Addie's journal and on eight pages Zach had written a full confession of everything that had happened and how Addie ended up on and in the stove uh, I'm going to read parts of it okay today is Monday uh, October uh, 16th October 2am he, he wrote weird like yeah. weird yeah I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, 5 October. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick, unquote. Okay. Quote, Poor thing. Let's just cut yeah. her up. Ha- well, here we go. Quote, halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you are in now, came after a while. I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I have loved for one and a half years, and then desecrating her body, but my entire lack of remorse. I've known forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 cash I have being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good stripper, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I did not contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock. And had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Unquote. So before he decided to cut her up, he had left her in their bed for a few days. Mm-mm. And even in the letter, it said he desecrated her body. So we all know what that means. I don't think we need to get too far into it. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, my God. I thought he meant just like cutting her up. No, this is like, he talks about do, he was doing before anything yeah. happened. He used <sighs> the bathtub to cut her up and the cooking her was a way to easily separate flesh from bone. Okay. He thought he was like be able to like it takes dis- a couple of days dispose of her everywhere. He did this all during the times he wasn't at work, so we'd get home from work and start working on dismembering his girlfriend. Oh, I'm assuming he thought it would be easier to take care of a body that way. I don't think he knew what a task it kind of like, uh, really was. Like, yeah. Life isn't a movie. Like, it sounds like he was lazy about it and said, "Oh, it's easy if I kill myself." 
Well, I think the demon's got the better of him and he decided to take his own life because he right. says that he didn't have any remorse. But if he didn't have any remorse, then he wouldn't have killed himself. You wouldn't think. Yeah. You wouldn't think. Maybe he, he thought he didn't have remorse. Maybe I wonder I think how, he, what his parents were like to, you know, uh, I want to say degrade, but you know I, what I mean? I think he says he didn't have any remorse, but you say, like, hit the eight pages of a letter and writing all over and i think he, there's remorse there he was trying, but it's a crazy type of remorse he was trying to say i don't have remorse to to be like this is all he wanted he was blaming himself he knew he knew he knew, he he knew. something wrong but he's got to find a reason he's he going to find a reason everybody to hate him that's so sad he ended his letter with a list of failures quote school jobs military marriage parenthood moral loves unquote oh wait and then quote again, every last one of these I failed at, hence the 28 cigarette burns. So this was true. He had burned himself for every year he was a failure in his mind, 28 times for 28 years of life. So he had cigarette burns on his arms right. and on his chest. Right. The tragedy of the story is this didn't have to happen. Mental illness, in my opinion, caused all of this. Yeah. So I'm going to put on a little psychologist hat. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you Either get paid the- a million bucks an hour. Right. If either of these people got help, they desperately needed it. I don't think this would have happened. No. no. Not at all. Addie they had, seem like really lost. They did. And two lost people finding each other is not, you know, it's, it's not, not good. They're just going to run around in circles and kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Addie had bipolar disorder, and this was made worse by drugs and alcohol. Being murdered, obviously, is not her fault. No, but, but it's got to be played in a hand because they were both seeking each other out. It's just like saying that because... You antagonizing your boyfriend hit you, and he hit you. Right. You know. Is it your fault? You exactly. Know, walk away. It's like, it's not that easy the, sometimes. The only blame either of them have, I think, is not taking care of their mental illness mm-hmm. and doing much drugs. Yep. Um, but did they have an avenue to do that? I mean, there is... You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There's not... After Katrina, it was hard for yeah. everybody. Yeah. But this obviously was going on before. Oh, way before. So I don't want to say you're born with it. Usually men in their late, mid to late 20s, excuse me. But people that, in the yeah. mid to late 20s, if they're going to show any kind of mel- mental illness, is usually going to be then. I think what he saw in the military kind of broke him. Everybody says when he came back, he was different. Man, he had a different father, drove him around all the parties. Exactly. Bots. So he's got a sensitivity of his mother, maybe, and a give-a-shit attitude like his father. Yeah. Confusion. Being murdered, obviously, is not her fault. A lot of people who handle this case, like I said at the beginning, don't necessarily Mm -hmm. hold her in a good light. Right. But she is the victim. She didn't deserve to be killed. No. I think that either of them just left the situation, they would have been better off. Right. But then again, that's like an abused... Yes. Zach had person. severe PTSD, and that was completely untreated. He didn't have any help for that. Right. Back then, they really didn't know. Well, yeah. It didn't really come out until recently. And even then, even now, they're not getting the help they need. Well, veterans don't get the help they need to begin with. They not have all. all the, I want to call them subsidized, but they have to have, like, wounded warriors and, and the, the VA legion. is not the best N- when no. it comes to that no. stuff, too. No, let's throw them out there. Let's not take care of them. Thank you for what you've done. Bye-bye now. Exactly. It doesn't work like that. I feel. So this is not the end of the Zach and Addie case, actually. Really? The apartment where Zach and Addie lived and where Addie ultimately died was not cleaned up and made into a new apartment. 
What did they do? In 2018, the former... Did breakfast? The former voodoo temple that was under their apartment was turned into Bloody Mary's Taurus Haunted Museum and Voodoo Shop. Oh, come on. In the order, Mary Millen gives tours of the apartment where it all happened. So it's like cleaned up, obviously. Uh, obviously. But, but the they stove must... is still there. The yeah. fridge is still there. Um, okay, there's also people. a picture of the couple in the apartment that has blood, quote unquote, splattered on it. Oh, come on. There's... um. Like I said, the stove and fridge are still there. Addie's family was distraught over this and thought it was disrespectful, but Mary says she wants to show how the hurricane affected everyone. She calls liar. Zach and Addie the new ghosts of New Orleans. He's a liar. She's just cashing in. You can go there and take a tour of the apartment. I guess um, it's like she takes boy. some of the money and yeah. donates to domestic abuse stuff. Why didn't she do it for mental health issues? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is this domestic abuse or was this mental? Mental health. Mental mixed health. Mixed with domestic who... abuse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, isn't that crazy? You, that's so if sad. I would, it's sad to say, but if I would have known that, I probably would have went there and looked at it, <laughs> went to that place. You know I would have. Yeah, right? So It's just the whole idea that somebody thinks they're going to be cashing in on somebody else's misery, you yeah. know? And what's really sad is that we'd go. Exactly. We'd go and see it. Be, <laughs> I want to go see Lizzie it's, Borden. It's probably because it's new. Like Lizzie Borden's house. Yeah. Which but I don't think she did it. I don't think she did it either. So I, don't, I don't think that she did. There's a book that goes way, way, way deep into it. Mm-hmm. And it says there's no proof she did it, but there's no proof she didn't. Exactly. So but they only, like, they tried to get her on sub, uh, substantial yeah. evidence. Yeah, which was the blood on her dress, but then again, she has her menses. So that's exactly. you know, obviously, and back then it was a big different thing. It it was. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, you had to wash your pads, people. Okay, so I mean, it's because it's new, but like if you go to down in New Orleans, there's the Lillerue Mansion, which she killed a bunch of her slaves, which were not technically her house. So- Right, her house house workers or yep. whatever. And there's a lot of, mur- like, a pirate, John Lafitte, and stuff. It's scary. Like, Louisiana holds a lot of black, oh, it's ghost. black magic. They yeah. hold a lot of, like, voodoo. Like Swamp you said, magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot pretty, of ghosts. It's pretty tough. So this is our episode. I want to give the number for a domestic abuse hotline. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can visit the website at www.thehotline.org. If you know someone or yourself is dealing with domestic abuse, you can get the help you need and get out of the situation. Woohoo! Do it, people. Yes, be safe. You're the, your own best advocate. They say trying to get out of an abusive relationship, the most hardest part is getting, like, leaving. And that's when the most dangerous part is, too. Yep. Because that's when you can get killed. It's like, why bother with a restraining order? It's a death sentence. Right. You just leave, put the restraining order on them. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank everyone for listening. Follow us on our socials. Facebook and TikTok is the Macaw Family Podcast. Instagram is Macaw Family. You can send us an email at macawfamilypod at gmail.com. We'll see you next week for another wild case. Um, It's called Vera Joe Regal. You think I'm going to remember this? Well, there's an Amazon. You have Amazon. I got a head injury. Yeah. Amazon Prime is called Goodnight Sugar Babe. Watch it. It's the most fucked up documentary. I seen it saw it Goodbye, years ago. Sugar Babe. Good night. Good night, Sugar Babe. Most fucked up shit I've ever seen. There's maybe one tooth in the whole group of them. 
Oh my god. Oh, it's messed up. That's so gross. It's messed up. That's, that's so the one gross. I want to do. Like, that's like, uh, was it um, Black Mountain? Not Black Mountain. Where the heck they have all the potheads up there? Oh, Murder Mountain. Murder Mountain. Yes. yes. Just like Murder Mountain. Oh, you watch that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to. On Netflix, it's called Murderville. Yeah. So we just started watching it last night. It's a um, series. Yeah. Documentary? Kind of, no. Okay. So it's Will Arnett. You know who he is, right? No. He's a comedian. Okay. And um, he, there's, it's like a show. Everybody that acts in it has a script. Okay. Basically. Yeah. They, they know. But there's one person who comes in. Conan O'Brien was the first one. Um, no script. Sharon Stone, Ken Jong. They improvise. They don't know the script. Okay. So they. Is that like whose line is it anyway? Not really. It's a murder. So okay. they have it all set up. There's a murder. What's it called? Murder, Murderville. <laughs> so they have, have a murder to, case yep. and they give them the, the, their suspects. So they go and interview the suspects. It's just okay. like they okay. pretend to be a trainee homicide. But the person that comes in like Conan O'Brien doesn't have a script. Okay. So he's improvising with Will Arnett and everybody. It's hilarious. You have, have to, to watch, watch it. it. It was so funny. <laughs> I need new. I need new series it's, or something. It's a, it's a riot. I'm getting bored this winter. So as always, everyone, we say stay spooky, family, and. <laughs>